0: The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner of the great. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's all now. Downtown Dan's Connection. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast, Keep Up the Great Work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school, trying to mimic all your moves. Here we go with another episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow for SB Live Sports. We've been changing or Believe Podcast Networks has been changing their distribution platforms, so that's why there's been a little bit of uh, a drop in releases over the past week or so. We're back up, ready to get going uh, daily here on the ISO. Um, We appreciate you guys being listeners. Um, Looking forward to a lot of great new guests over the next month or so that are scheduled, as well as... Uh, Mailbag Wednesday. Again, if you have an idea or if you have a question, send it to me on social media at dandickow21 or email it to dickow at scorebooklive.com. Today's topic is just uh, a few thoughts that have really kind of been pressing in the world of sports over the last couple days uh, as I just look at the overall landscape of, of sports in general from NFL football to NBA basketball to college basketball um, to college football there's lots of things going on that are, are of interesting topics to me. So let's get going right away. Um, you look at the college coaching world, both in the in the basketball side as well as in the football side, um, you're looking at some really unique and incredible, job offers and salaries that are being offered and accepted, rightfully so. If somebody offered me that amount of money um, to coach, (laughs) I would say, when do I sign up and when do we start? But, um, excuse me, I think it's really interesting um, about how this is going about, what is happening, the timing of different things, Uh, and then some people's complaints about there's not enough money in, in college athletics to pay the student athletes, yet these coaches are making $10, 12000000 uh, million dollars a year at times. Um, and I get that the coaches have that huge value. I mean, essentially, when you're thinking about it, if you look at it, they are running Fortune 500 companies many times. If you look at just take Kentucky or Duke basketball or Alabama football, those are worldwide brands, worldwide brands, and yes, the coaches have to have a certain amount of X and O capability, which they all do at that level. But you also have to have the personality, you have to have the charisma, you have to have the management and leadership skills um, to put it all together. Similar as if you were a CEO at, um, you know, say, an Apple or CEO of of, of a large major corporation, you've got to make multiple, um, decisions that are of importance nearly on a daily basis. I'm sure I can only imagine. Um, but you've got huge decisions to make, um, frequently in regards to who you recruit, who you offer scholarships to, what your positional coaches are going to be, how you go about recruiting, um, how you travel, how you handle and deal with boosters and media, you're essentially the face uh, of a big-time corporation. And that's something that um, the face and CEO of a major corporation, such as an Apple or maybe a Delta Airlines or or a Home Depot, they're not the face of the company that's being asked questions of every single day. They're not making quick decisions during a game um, like a coach is that is getting nitpicked and and. Uh, criticized, scrutinized um, by every fan, both good and bad, uh, such as you know the Delta CEO may, if he gets uh, an increase on a price um, for a certain route. That just doesn't happen. So I, I get why these salaries in coaching at the college ranks have skyrocketed, because like I said, you are the face uh, of a university many times. But a couple of the ones that I really take issue to, and I think college athletics has to figure out how to clean this up, is the timing of hiring and the timing of the recruitment of the new coach. Where you're seeing, for example, I'll take Brian Kelly. He goes from Notre Dame to LSU. I have no issues if he thinks LSU is a better fit for him. But I read a great article uh, from the Columbian in Vancouver, Washington, where Brian Kelly was on a home visit to a recruit who had already committed and signed, preparing to go to Notre Dame. He was at the home visit, basically while his agent or his lawyer was probably negotiating the final details of that contract. And he's at this family's house acting and talking as if he's still going to be at Notre Dame. the the story goes on to kind of share a little bit more about within 15 minutes of him leaving and driving away to go to the Portland airport, the news broke about Brian Kelly, the new coach at LSU. So also detailed in the story was Brian Kelly had a short phone conversation where he stepped out of the house and talked for a couple minutes to somebody. I can only imagine that phone call was the final details to his agent or to maybe his lawyer saying, Yep, let's go for it. I'm in. Where, where where's the 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 honesty? Where's the truth in that? And I get it. The 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 college landscape of recruiting and, and coaching hires and fires. There's a game to be played, but the way that one played out and that story really shed a new light. That was interesting, unique, and I don't agree with that. Uh because Notre Dame is preparing for a bowl game. Mario Cristobal from Oregon to Miami. I don't disagree with him going from Oregon to Miami. He's from Miami. I have a disagreement in how that played out. Miami still had a coach under contract. Mario Cristobal still under contract with Oregon. Where's the the honesty? Where where's the the true ethics on how to do a deal like that? Um, again, I don't disagree in, with Cristobal going to Miami. I think it's a great decision but not when there's already a current coach in place. I think college football um, has an issue more so than probably any other college sport uh, of that hiring and firing phase of not necessarily knowing a true deadlines and timelines and guidelines because of the bowl season. The bowls are kind of spread out sporadically um, in, in regards to, when they're played, how they're played. Um, so I think that has something to do with it. Um, I, and I think that the NCAA has to figure out a way that if a current coach is under contract, there is no way, shape, or form he can negotiate with another school. Now, with agents and understanding of how to, you know, backtrack conversations uh, in back channels to to not, um, you know, get things out there, but get the ball rolling that's gonna make things really hard to kind of uh make things a little more clear, cut and dry as far as can't hire a coach that's already a under contract with another school and timelines, what if that school school X's season's already been done for two weeks, but school Y that wants him is still preparing to play in a bowl game. So it's interesting, it's different. I don't understand or know how they would fix it. Excuse me, but I think something needs to be done. Then the other one at the college level, college basketball, uh, Mark Turgeon gets fired like seven games into Maryland, and they're having an okay start to the year. They're an NCAA tournament-level team over the past seven, eight, nine years. I think Turgeon's only missed the tournament maybe twice in his tenure at Maryland, but I think it goes again that some schools and boosters probably overvalue their pecking order in the in, in the world of college basketball or college sports in general. <coughs> it was, there was an interesting uh, Twitter comment put up by somebody who's obviously a Maryland fan. He's an insider maybe, runs his own website, I'm not sure. He said, I know who Maryland's first phone call should be to, and that's to Mark Few of Gonzaga. Holy cow, are you not following any type of semblance of college basketball over the last 20-some years that Mark Few's happy at Gonzaga. He's turned down Kentucky. He's turned down Indiana, Arizona, Oregon, UCLA. He's not going to Maryland. Maryland is not a blue-blood program of the stature or level of any of the teams that I just mentioned. You have to understand pecking order. Next topic I wanted to get to just because I'm uh, from the Northwest. I, I don't really follow NFL football too closely, but I follow it uh, enough with the Seahawks just because it's always in the media here. And it's always being talked about by uh, different people that you run into and see in different places. And that's uh, the the rumor that Russell Wilson's time with the Seahawks has ended and it's time to start from fresh. I don't get that. Russell Wilson has bought – A ton of time and credibility with everything that he's done in Seattle for the Seahawks. Yes, they're having a little bit of a down year, but you also have to realize he's been hurt. He missed a number of weeks where Seahawks didn't play as well as they would have hoped. And if the roster makeup is not great, you can't just blame it. On the quarterback, you got to play some blame on the general manager. You got to play some blame on uh, the the coaching staff and putting the parts in the right pieces. Russell Wilson, though, I don't think he's a a level of a Tom Brady. He's been a darn good quarterback for a number of years. He's had Super Bowl appearances. He's won a Super Bowl title. Uh, I don't know how Seattle fans can can really think and ask, or Seattle media think and ask, or want to blow this thing up and start from scratch. I think you just have to kind of rework the roster uh, and figure out how you keep him, but add the right pieces around him. Going to college basketball. Now this stat is something that absolutely surprised me. And I, I don't know why it surprised me, but it really does is the fact that this college basketball program has been good for a long time. They've had some peaks where they've been very good. Um, but they've never had the accomplishment of being ranked number one in the polls, and that's Purdue. The Purdue Boilermakers able to become ranked number one in the country for the first time in their history of college basketball. And they've got a great tradition. You're talking about a Big Ten school that has made a number, that has won a number of Big Ten titles. They've had some great coaches, Gene Cady over the years. Now Matt Painter is, is one of the best coaches in, in the college game. They've had great players in the past. Rick Mount, um, way back when, Glenn Big Dog Robinson in the 90s, yet they've never been able to be ranked number one. So I thought that was a pretty cool accomplishment. Um, and it's it, they were a little bit under the radar coming into the season. Yeah, people knew about them, talked about them, but all the chatter was Gonzaga, UCLA. Can Baylor stay at that level? Well, UCLA is good. Gonzaga's been beaten twice by two really good teams. Um, Baylor has proven that, yes, they are absolutely uh, an elite program now. They're ranked number two in the country uh, as of this recording. Uh, But Purdue, it's been a great story. Uh, They're a fun offensive team to watch. Defensively, they make things difficult. Uh, So that was a a unique stat and accomplishment that I thought was really fun to take a look at. Uh, Last one for me, similar to a surprise with Purdue. Purdue. Uh, being ranked for the first time ever at the college ranks is the NBA team that has surprised me the most um, is the Chicago Bulls. What a fun roster to look at and watch. Uh, and they've proven it on the court, 17-8. and eight. Uh, I know there was a lot of high hopes, but there was a lot of question marks in regards to how were a couple of the new guys uh, going to mesh and blend and fit? Well, I, I think they've done a tremendous job meshing with Zach Levine, who's – obviously an Olympic gold medalist. He's an all-star. Um, the new guys, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo ball have been spectacular. Uh, I think Alex Caruso might be the most underrated, uh, at addition to any team, Nikola Vucevic. It's hard to believe. He's like, I mean, he was drafted in, I think 2011 out of USC. He is still playing, but playing at a super high level. Um, and then I think maybe – I'm not going to go so far as to say he's been the steal of the draft, but I think he's been very, very good as far as a second-round draft pick that's cracked his way into a rotation. I think he's played in every game but two, maybe one or two games, uh, and that's Io Desunmo. It's cool to see a hometown kid get an opportunity to play for his hometown team uh, because he's from Chicago, played in Illinois, now he's in Chicago – playing for the bulls so it's got to be fun and exciting for him and his family but uh the bulls to me are the surprise nba team so if you're a frequent listener of the iso we appreciate it we apologize that there has been uh a little bit of a hiccup in in releasing uh some episodes over the past week or so as believe network has shifted uh their system of how you upload podcasts and get them distributed but i think we've got it cleared up now if you're a new listener I apologize, I'm a little under the weather with uh, a head cold, so sound a little bit uh, stuffy right now. Uh, But if you're a new listener, like, subscribe, and review. We appreciate any comments. Uh, So take care, have a great week, and look forward to continuing to follow all the great basketball and football stories as the seasons get going, even more deep into their playoff runs, their bowl games, but also as college basketball really picks up.